1: The Bucks Never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing. Hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. What's up, guys? Steve Sparky Pfeiffer along with Nathan Marzion here on a Bucks victory post-game podcast of Green and Growing. Very rarely are we live uh, on Twitter, but we are live on Twitter at Sparky Radio at 1250 AM The Fan, Nathan Marzion. You can follow him. Bucks super fan on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. You can follow me uh, at Sparky Radio. Bucks uh, win streak now at 15 as they get the win 118 to 104 over the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I was uh, driving back from the Dells. Uh, I went to the Dells celebrate uh, the sun's seventh uh, birthday on Sunday. So we were driving back pretty much during the entire basketball game. We were driving back and I was never nervous. Like they're down 15. I'm like, ah, eh, no big deal. It's fine. Then they get to within 10. Then they win the first half. It was, oh, we get to four, and then they make a run. And then we get close and they make a run. And I still really wasn't all that nervous because at the end of the day, you just figure, hey, look, the, the depth is going to win this thing. That that's how this is gonna go. The depth is going to win. And that's exactly pretty much what happened. The Nets bench did zilch uh, and the Bucks bench. Did significantly more, plus they won the rebound advantage uh, pretty convincingly as well. And I think that's the difference between the Bucs and so many teams right now in the NBA, Nathan, is they just continue to be able to beat teams because when their bench hits the floor, they're so much better than the other team's bench.
0: Yeah, for sure. Tonight was, and by the way, Sparky, I just started. So I didn't see it on Twitter. I don't think we're live on Twitter, but I put it on Twitter spaces. So we are live somewhere. Oh, Twitter spaces. Look at you. So I have us on the Twitter spaces right now, but um, yeah, I mean, this was another game that, yeah, like I, I didn't feel super nervous. It was like, okay, you know, early on it looked like this might be a game that they could lose and um, you know, the rebounding stuff and just, It looked like one of those nights. It looked like one of those, okay, this is a game that we're typically going to lose. This is how a losing streak usually ends is, you know, their team starts out hot. You're turning the ball over a ton. The first quarter they had like six really dumb turnovers. Some, they just couldn't make an entry pass. And it was like, okay, like this just looks like it's going to be a loss. And they just stay in it, fight back. Giannis in foul trouble. And they still find a way to like go on a run there at the end of the third quarter. And You know, I think they went from down like, I don't even know if this is exactly right, but they were like down eight to then up by three or something or five going into the fourth with Giannis on the bench. I mean, just amazing stuff from this team. And it's like, they just continue to show that they are like, not just a good team, but a championship level team, a team that is like, should be arguably the title favorite. Um, Yeah, they're they're awesome.
1: I was thinking of you, Marzian. I was. Giannis went to the bench with about five, five and a half minutes to go there in the third quarter with four fouls. And all of a sudden, for the first time, again, I was driving home from the Dells. So I listened pretty much the whole game in the car on my way home. For the first time, I hear Drew Holiday's name get mentioned. I'm like, oh, look at that. He is still playing in the second half of this game. I hadn't heard him the whole game. I hear Jake Crowder. I hear everybody. I don't hear Drew Holiday. Yance goes out, and all of a sudden, Drew Holiday's like, okay, my turn. Now that he's on the bench, here we go. And this team picked up. And the reason I thought of you wasn't because of that. But your stat about why can't they hit open shots when Yaz gives them the ball? Because while Yannis was doing Yannis things and being unbelievably great, I think what happens is a lot of these guys kind of like hands on hips, like, all right, dude, here you go. Go do your thing. Go got an 8-0 run and be, be you, be the best in the NBA. And the rest of these dudes just kind of chill back and know this isn't going to be him right now. He's on a roll, right? And then you had, on the other side, Mikhail Bridges doing his thing. So then it became Bridges versus Giannis, basket for basket, back and forth they went. And both teams kind of were just like watching their stars. And Mikhail Bridges isn't a star yet. But I told y'all when that trade happened, he may end up being the next James Harden where he's gonna blow up and end up into being some superstar before yes. this whole thing is set up. Be,
0: he will not be James Harden. Let's get I'm gonna that. tell
1: you right now. I'm not saying okay, maybe he was he won't be a Hall of Famer. I bet you he averages 25 next year. Easy. 25 I mean, but year. is
0: ever okay but hold on in today's nba is averaging 25 on i'm assuming they will be a pretty bad team is that very impressive i don't think so it's a pretty bad team they got a chance to be the four seed right now that's I mean they just i'm talking about the new team that they got they yeah yeah, yeah. the, the four seed is guys, because yeah. they had a 14 game 12 game winning streak whatever it was when they had katie and Kyrie playing on their minds at the beginning don't, of the year don't bring up facts not? To, 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 did they not, did they not just did they not just lose by 60 to the bulls the other night Ah, details, details, details.
1: Don't mess, Don't bring facts into this. I'm trying to I'm trying to make a point. So, either way, so Mikael Bridges and Giannis going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Okay, fine. Then he Giannis goes out four. And again, listening on the radio, made it it sounded like guys didn't really want to come out, but they pulled him out. Then Middleton and Drew Holiday, they get going. Then Middleton gets going even more so there in the fourth quarter. And this Bucks team, who was down 15 in the first half, ends up pulling away for a, a convincing victory. And now the win streak's at 15. I don't think necessarily that the win streak is a rallying cry necessarily in huddles. Like, oh, we got to keep this win streak going, guys. We got to keep this win streak going. But I just think at the end of the day, when you're out rebounding the other team as badly as they did, and I didn't look up the number, but they absolutely killed them on the boards when I looked uh, earlier in the game. The Bucs with 55 rebounds, Brooklyn with 38. It's going to be very, very difficult to beat an opposing team when you're getting out-rebounded. I'm speaking from experience, having watched the Bucks get out-rebounded by this much consistently for most of my life, by 17 boards. Like, Brooklyn is going to have very little chance of winning those type of games. And then when you look at bench scoring, like we brought up earlier, uh, for the Brooklyn Nets, they had, what, uh, 14 points. But really, it wasn't even that, because a lot of these guys had, like, five minutes. Curry only played five minutes. Uh, Duke Jr. only played five minutes. The two main guys that played, Royce O'Neill was 105. five. And Cam Thomas, who was hot there for a couple of minutes earlier in the in season, was zero of seven with two points. You compare that to the Bucks. I'm sorry. Chris Middleton with 18, 11 for Javon Carter uh, at the end of the day, six more for Joe Ingles, six for Bobby Portis, and he didn't play all that well offensively. They're just going to be tough to beat here going forward, even if Giannis misses a game here or there, or Middleton misses a game here or there, Nathan. If, they're, if this win streak is going to end, right? And it's going to end at some point. Here, they're not going to win all of them. And when this ends, they're all going to have to be cold at the same time. I think that's the only way this ends, or the other team shoots like you know sixty or sixty percent from three or something to beat the Bucks.
0: Yeah, I mean they they just have so many guys, and the depth is something that I mean you you can never have enough depth in the NBA, and it almost can be like. It it, like in the playoffs, it might become somewhat of an issue of like who do we actually play and like who should be getting minutes over who and who do we need to just cut out of the rotation and blah blah blah. But it's just such an advantage to have all these options and for different matchups. And again, if guys are hot or guys are cold, and you can just you can swap guys out and not really miss a beat. Um, you're not putting like these scrubs in that like again last year when you know Chris goes down obviously, but even beyond that, we didn't have the the depth to really handle that at all. And it's like, you kind of were just forced to, and I know we, you know, we wish you would have played Javon Carter, but like you're forced to play George Hill, Grayson Allen, Wesley Matthews a ton. And there's really not a bet. Like there's no other option besides again, maybe putting in Javon Carter, but these guys you're just forced You're like, okay, I mean, this is all we really have. Like we have to just grow with this and hope it works. I feel like now I'm not, you know, again, I'm, I, I, I'm not assuming Chris is going to go out, but if something did happen or, you know, even if something doesn't happen, just going into any series, it's like. I just am so confident in all the options we have and just again, like you said, it feels like a lot has to go wrong for us to lose and in the regular season, random stuff happens like you're going to lose games here and there and whatever, who cares, but like for you to lose a playoff series, like you have to actually be the better team. You, you can, you can, you know, steal a couple games here and there, like just randomly win a couple games, but to win a series to win four out of seven. That doesn't happen by just getting lucky. It doesn't like you have to actually be the better team. And I just think the Bucks are in such a good position to be a better team than anyone else. Four out of seven times. Like they just have enough guys. They have enough options. They have depth pretty much everywhere at this point. And it's like they have the best player in the world. I, I it, It's a very good position to be in.
1: This is the other thing. We talked about this uh, on the last screen and Growing podcast, I believe. Uh, And again, don't forget, you can download the Green and Growing podcast anywhere you download your favorite podcast, right? Whether that be Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, uh, whatever app you have to download podcasts, we're there. Six back-to-backs between now and the end of the season. The first one comes up tomorrow night, Wednesday night. Are you playing Middleton on back-to-backs the rest of the season? Or are you playing Middleton on one of two back-to-backs the rest of the season? Because once you get to the postseason, I don't think, there will be back to backs uh, in the playoffs so you're not really going to be faced with this this scenario necessarily in the playoffs
0: i'm i'm playing him i i mean if he's on a restriction i don't mind playing him on a back to back necessarily i if he's going if, if they get to a point where he's playing full minutes um then i'd start to look at it and say okay and they i i had an i heard an interview with horse where they were kind of talking about this and horse definitely made it sound like they're going to try to balance the like balance, you know, keeping the one seat and going for the one seat and also health. And they're not going to like, you know, he gave no intention that they're going to like completely rest guys. And like, we're completely taking the long road, but he also wasn't like, we're going to be going all out and like, you know, trying to get this one seat. It was kind of like, eh, we're going to try to balance it. Like we're going to try to find the right medium. And so, I don't know. I think if they look at it and there's a game you're playing, I I haven't looked at the schedule exactly, but if there's games where, you know, there's a back-to-back and one of them is clearly a tougher opponent than the other, I would guess that Chris plays against a tougher opponent and they're going to, you know, rest them, rest him against the worst, the, the, the bad team and just say, okay, let's hope that, you know, these other guys can just be able to win it on their oh, own here.
1: Wednesday, tomorrow. They got Orlando in Milwaukee. Are you playing Middleton? Uh, no, no. I mean, it's that simple. Then this week you got another back-to-back Saturday ABC game, seven 30
0: tip, against philadelphia pictures.
1: in milwaukee you're and then the next game play- is in washington
0: yeah you're playing him against the sixers washington washington's an if he won like again and some of it is very much just how he feels like they again chris this year i think has has been and he talked about it in an interview as well earlier in the season where it was like he says he goes through this stuff a lot like he just goes through he he, he has these injuries come up throughout the year kind of a soreness thing and it's like it's it's just kind of how he's feeling as he goes it's not necessarily like oh he's out this specific timetable and like he's missing this amount of time then he's back fully it's kind of just you know you wake up how do you feel that day and he said when he sat out um right before the all-star break he sat out that uh monday game i don't remember even who they were playing but he sat out that game and people were like oh my gosh he re-aggravated something oh this is bad this is bad and he was like no i just woke up and i thought i don't feel my best i don't think i should play you know if i'm not feeling my best and so i'm gonna sit out like and that's just how it is it's like i would assume that that's kind of how they play it the rest of the season essentially is just all right how are you feeling today like you just played yesterday do you think you need a day off do you think you can play um because these players you know as 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 much as the gms or the the gms and the coaches and everything want to like make those calls themselves i think the players know best what they can handle the players know best um you know, what they should be doing in in terms of like, should I be resting? And even if I'm feeling, you know, if Chris plays a game, if he plays on Saturday, let's say, and then Sunday, even if he's like, well, I'm feeling like, you know, 85, 90%. Should I play like he, he probably knows best, like if he should play on that or if he shouldn't play on that. And so, you know, you could say, oh, well, if you're healthy enough, just play or whatever. Those guys know better than us, so I'm gonna trust them. I'm gonna trust. They're just gonna go with how he's feeling. That's fine until the, so the day
1: playoffs, day. but but then you, you, I don't care if you don't feel well. You're gonna have to get yeah, up. Playoffs
0: is this is all regular season talk. Right, playoffs is you're playing in the playoffs.
1: Correct, absolutely right. All right, so the Bucks win streak now at 15 uh, as they getting get to play again. Coming up on Wednesday again, we record this Green and Growing podcast Tuesday and Thursday. It's normally not after games, but like I said. was coming home from the Dell. So we had to end up doing it post game. Normally Tuesdays and Thursdays are recorded uh, and then they're posted online on Wednesday and Friday mornings. Uh, So make sure to tell your friends uh, and family members if you've never heard Green and Growing before and you're doing it because of Nathan Marzian's Twitter spaces uh, right now. Welcome in. Uh, Thanks for tuning us in. Appreciate it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Now let's go to topic number two. The Bucs will win the East because fill in the blank. The Bucs will win the East because fill in the blank and tweet at Nathan Marzion tweet at Sparky radio, uh, part of the green and growing podcast. I- I'll start the Bucs will win the East because they're healthy. That's it. That's all. That's all there is to it. They're not getting beat in the Eastern conference playoffs folks. If this team is healthy, you can call it cockiness, overconfidence, call it whatever, if you want if you're a Celtics fan that tunes into Twitter spaces to go after Nathan, which I hear there's some of, then too bad for you too. This is what it is. They are the best team, in my opinion, in the NBA right now. And it is not even the East. I made it the East to make it easier. But in reality, this is the best team in the NBA. If they're healthy, they're not getting beat. They're going to win another title with Giannis, uh, despite the fact that Haslam is going to be partial owner of this team.
0: Uh, go ahead, Nathan Marzian. The Bucks will win the East because... So your, your answer is good if the question was the Bucks will win the East if, and I would agree, if they're healthy, yes. But because I need some reasoning there, and I'm going to give a few reasons. Number one, they have the best player in the world. No secret there, okay? Agreed. Get that out of the way. Number two, they have the best defense in the league, which is absolutely vital, of course, to a championship run. And number three, I think they're the deepest team in the league, arguably. Now. I You know, again, they're... Boston's super deep too. There's teams that could get close to matching their depth, but you could make an argument. The Bucks are now the deepest team in the league. And number four, as we talked about earlier on this podcast, I don't know. There's not a single big four top four on a team that I would take over our top four. Agreed. And so I come to all that and I'm just like, why? Like, and we, I was saying this when they were not even doing that well, when they were struggling and there was reason to potentially be concerned. I was like, why would I be concerned if our top four is better than everyone else's top four? I, you remember that conversation? Yes, absolutely. And you got to tell everybody,
1: wait for Middleton, just relax until Middleton gets back. Let's just wait and see what we have. But we should still be the best team. I'll tell you something else. We're talking about wrestling guys on back-to-backs. If this was a full season, Joe Ingles, what's he going to be look like? Is he going to be dragging, you know, going into the playoffs that they make that run in the finals? How How is he going to be? Because he's an older player. Jay Crowder, if this was a full season, would we be concerned about Jay Crowder and where he is going to be physically going in? These guys are both going to be relatively fresh, right? I mean, they're only going to play, well, Crowder's only going to be played a month, a uh, month and a half going into the postseason. Angles has only been playing since January, so he's only going to have played about a half a season going into the playoffs. He's going to be relatively fresh. Middleton has been out damn near the whole season. He should be relatively fresh going into the postseason as well. Giannis, did you realize Giannis hasn't played a full game since Valentine's Day for this Bucks team? Since Valentine's Day, two full weeks the, since the last time that dude played a full basketball game for this Bucks basketball team, and they're on a 15-game winning streak. That's why I say the Bucs win these because they're healthy because of everything you said. But if one player goes out, they lose Middleton or they lose Holiday, then you could start checking off all the things you just said not being true anymore. Yes, if you have Giannis, you still have the best player. Are you the best defensively if lose Drew Holiday? Probably not. That's probably going to take a hit. Are you the deepest team if Drew Holiday is no longer the starting point guard? Nope, because you don't have much depth at, at point guard at that point. So all those other things come crumbling down. That's what I say. They win these because they're healthy. And add on all the reasons you said went healthy. All of that is true at the end of the day. That was simple. Now let's do the hard one. The Bucs will lose the East because... Nathan Marzion, do you have four reasons of why they will lose the East?
0: Like you'd had of why they will win the East. Big grin on Nathan Marzion's face right now. I I don't have four, but <laughs> they, if the Bucks if the Bucs lose in the Eastern conference playoffs, it will be because this, and this can be one or many of these reasons, but they can't hit shots. Of course, like they just, you know, Giannis is dishing out to guys and nobody can hit a shot. Um, they, someone gets hurt and can't play or whatever either Chris drew Giannis something like that where they miss time they turn a the ball over way too much because then when they get their shots I mean that's the thing I feel like the offense is I mean there's still 23rd in offensive rating right now which that you on the surface level you're like okay they're gonna lose because their offense is not good enough but a they're much better since the guys got healthy and they got Chris back and everything I think they're like more towards like 10th ish around there and B, um, the like, you're not going to need to be that good offensively. If your defense is number one, that you, it eliminates some of that. Like it, it gives you some margin for error. When you have the number one defense, you don't have to be the number one offense. You can be the number 15 offense and still win almost every game. Cause you're just that good defensively. So I'm not super worried about the offense. And again, when they have everyone on there, like they seem to be fine offensively and, you know, as long as they're hitting a decent amount of their shots. But um, I just think it'll come down to turnovers and shooting because those are the two things that always just seem to kill them. Like I, rebounding has been really good. I know people sometimes complain about offensive rebounding because there's certain games where it gets a little bit bad, but they are the number, if last I checked, it could, be, it could have been up or, moved up or down, but I think they're the number two defensive rebounding team in the league this year and yet you still see people that complain about like oh we give up too many offensive rebounds it's like no we really don't like that's a strength um every you know our our entire defense is a strength our rebounding is good and our shooting has been good since the start of the year really the only thing that's been pretty consistently bad is the turnovers and the shooting gets you know inconsistent at times so those have to be the two things i i can't really think of much else so again this is this is what i like about this team is it feels like there isn't that much way to to beat them besides like hoping they miss shots and, you know, again, maybe force them into turnovers. But if they're hitting their shots, I I don't know what you do because they're going to hit shots and they're going to defend the crap out of you and you're not going to really be able to beat them.
1: I mean, tonight's a perfect example. You look back in the first quarter, and you're like, holy crap. They're not hitting shots. Turn over the ball. They kept trying to lob the pass into Giannis, kept turning it over. Like, this, this is not good. Things are not going well. But again, you have to hope things don't go well for that for four quarters. Because
0: you and four and, games out of seven,
1: yes. And if I mean, you're the Nets and you're going to halftime, and if I was a Nets fan, I wouldn't have been feeling all that comfortable. Like, nah, I still don't feel all that comfortable about this game, yeah, we're up, but I still don't feel all that great. And what it took two minutes to get that game tied coming out in the third quarter, two and a half minutes, uh, and, and they tied that game right out of the bat. Now, again, they let the Nets get off on another run after that, but but still, just that quickly, they can turn it on. Uh, And since uh, I took shots at Celtics fans earlier thinking that they might be on this Twitter spaces thing of Marzion's, I'm going to continue. All you Celtics fans that were talking about, Oh, Jason Tatum. Now the world respects him because he did what he did in the all-star game. Dude, that dude has been broke since the all-star game. Got kicked out of his last game. Go back and look at his shooting percentages because people were freaking out. Like, why can't he hit anything? So I went and looked at his shooting percentages. He's been bad shooting the basketball since the all-star game. Bad. And again, that's the thing, right? So now we all agree, I think, the Celtics are the toughest team for the Bucks in the East. So now you get Crowder and six fouls to put on Jason Tatum, to be physical, to get up into the grill, and then you can switch Giannis over on him to do the same type of stuff? Like, this is going to be a much different deal for the Boston Celtics this year. Plus, Milton, who's owned the Celtics in his career, Providing he's healthy is also going to be problems for the Boston Celtics. So, to me, the only way they lose the East is because they get hurt. And they're, you know, why are they the oldest team in the NBA? If they're not the oldest, they're one of the oldest teams in the NBA right now. I think they're the the oldest. Yeah, adding Crowder definitely did not help the age thing. Uh, So, if they're healthy, they win. If they're not, you know, they lose a couple of guys or their best in Giannis. If if something like that happens, then, yeah, they're going to lose. But I don't know. Am I being over? Overconfident right now, Marzian? Are people yelling at me, telling me to shut up and
0: quit talking about a championship and being so excited? Because it's February
1: 28th, for God's sakes. I mean, we're not even
0: into the playoffs yet. No, there's there's nothing. I mean, we have reason to be confident. A, we've won a title with this core, and B, we were on a 15-15-game 15, 15 winning streak. So, like, really, if you're not like, Oh, we have a good shot to win the title, then I don't know what like you're just like, I don't know. What, what are you waiting for? What are you what are you asking for? But um, as far as Real quick, the Tatum thing. I'm not gonna get too much into that because I don't I don't know. I every time I talk about the Celtics, it ends up, you know, just turning into a bunch of backlash. But uh <laughs> I will say, I mean, Tatum's a super good player, but I do still think he's someone that if you have a player who can defend him decently well, like he can be not shut down, but like he can be contained pretty well. Andrew Wiggins like held him to pretty bad numbers in the in the playoffs. It's not like it's not like Giannis where you know, a bad playoff series is him averaging still 30 points a game. It's like, no, like you can hold this guy to like 22 points a game on pretty bad shooting. And we've seen like, he goes up against good defenders, even the regular season, like a team that has some good wing defenders, they're able to give him trouble. Like a a team that has a good overall defense. I saw his stats against top 10 defenses compared to, you know, the other teams. I know obviously you're going to drop off a little bit naturally facing better defenses. Like that's how it should work. Um, but his numbers and his efficiency drops off pretty significantly way more than other superstars does. And so like, I don't know, I still, I I think Tatum's a superstar, but I'm not, he's not someone that I'm like, Oh, this guy is going to get 30 no matter what. Agreed. I'm, I'm very confident going into a series. As you said, we have Crowder to put on him and then you've got so many other guys that if you have to, like, if you have to put Giannis on him, Giannis is going to lock him down. Like he's just too big for him. If you have to put, you know, Chris on him, or if you had to put Drew on him or whoever, it's like you just have enough options. If you had to throw Wesley Matthews on him off the bench, like anything, they have those options, and it's just such a a good thing to have in a playoff series. Whereas, again, last year, it's like Tatum had 46 in game six against us because he kept getting switched on to George Hill, and there was nothing else we could really do about it because we didn't have other guys to to do anything about it. And so um, I'm just going into it with much more confidence of like, yeah, like we're going to have – we're going to have different guys to throw at you this time. You're not going to see that stuff again. And again, just going back to like what you said about, you have to hope things go bad for us for basically four quarters and four games out of seven. And like, that's what I've loved too, is that this team has played bad stretches of plenty of games. Like they've had bad first halves and bad quarters and like given up some pretty big runs and all that. And they still find ways to win every game. Like these, again, these last 15, it's like, They were down eight with five and a half minutes left against the Suns. Giannis is out. They haven't been able to make a shot all game. They're like six of 28 and they find a way to win. And it's like this, you know, again, against the Nets, they fall down early by 18 points or whatever it is. I don't even know how much they end up going down by at some point. And they're turning the ball over and it just looks like one of those games and they fight back in it. They claw their way back. They end up, you know, cruising at the end and like just um, win it going away. That's what I love is it's like you can you can beat the Bucs for a quarter, a quarter and a half, even and a half and still lose the game. And it's I just that's such a good thing to have that you can you know, they can bounce back from that stuff. They can handle their adversity and and still win these games.
1: uh i i know we didn't have this on the rundown but we've got a few minutes left and i want to uh, uh address this quickly this jimmy haslam thing the cleveland browns owner uh him and his wife coming in at 25 percent uh owners of the milwaukee bucks buying the mark lazary uh portion of it for what was it 850 900 million somewhere in that area um paul henning of uh, save my bucks uh, if you don't know that website, it was a big website back in the day when Herb Cole was selling the team and trying to get a new arena and all that. And he wrote a piece. And in the piece that he tweeted out, I think it was yesterday, uh, he had a bunch of good questions, I-, I thought, right? So, number one, did Wesley Edens uh, have an opportunity to buy that from Lazarus? Did he not want to buy it from Lazary? Did he have the opportunity to buy from Lazarus? Did Facitelli? did he have a chance to buy it from Lazarus? Did he not want it either? So th- I think that's something that I would like to know, right? Did these guys have any interest in, in taking more stock into their name than what they had already? The other thing that that uh, he brings up, i uh, save my bucks, um, is when you start talking about governor of this team, and I brought it up right away on Twitter as soon as it happened, and this has been my, my overlying thing on this whole thing. If he's going to get to be governor every five years, because that was the deal Lazarine Edens had, if that is going to be the deal going forward, that, to me, scares the hell out of me. I don't want that dude having final say on anything. I wouldn't want to have that dude having final say on what I'm having for lunch. Nonetheless, having that dude having final say on what our organization is going to do. Now, you can tell me, hey, man, like wasn't like Mark Lazary wasn't a wild card in all this. Fine. Fair. Fair point. Yeah, you're right. Who knows what Lazary is going to do? No clue. You're right. Absolutely. Lazary, I don't think, wanted to pay the luxury tax. I think mean, that's part of the reason why he got the hell out. He's like, I'm not interested in paying all this extra money, probably. And out he goes. You didn't want to know if it's Alex Leiser, staying or not. I don't know that either. No clue. People have been asking. I've, I've got a lot of people asking me that. I don't know if he's staying. No idea. Uh, the one person I hope is staying is Peter Fagan, because uh, I think he's done a, re- a remarkably good job at the top of this, uh, as far as being the mastermind behind, you know, that arena, the Deer District. There's a lot of good stuff that comes from Peter Fagan. Some of you may not like him. Uh, I think he's done a really good job at that. So hopefully Peter Fagan stays and doesn't roll out. The other part of it is that I'm, I'm really curious about is if, and when Haslam gets to be governor, right? How much are they really going to let him run things? I mean, if he comes in and goes, Hey man, you know, uh, we haven't won a championship in a couple of years. I think I'm gonna make a move at GM all right, we haven't made a one championship in a couple of years. I think I'm going to get rid of Bud and, and go hire somebody else because Lazarus had that power. He had final say. And you can talk about, oh, well, we vote and this, this, this. Eh, I'm not sure that relationship between Lazarus and Edens was all that great uh, throughout the course of that run, at least from the things I had heard along the way. So now you're talking about Haslam and Edens. I hope and pray they don't let him be governor of this, this franchise and this organization. And I hope and pray that Wesley Edens isn't thinking about possibly selling part of his deal as well and getting out at some point. And then Haslam's allowed to buy even more and become majority owner. I think that's even the bigger fear of everything else that we're all talking about, that the New York guys eventually pick up and leave. And then we have Haslam who owns the Cleveland Browns now owning the Milwaukee Bucks too. That also would scare the bejesus out of me, Nathan Marzian.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know that much about, you know, Jimmy Haslam or the, you know, the logistics of all this stuff and whatever. But I know that, you know, he's not the best owner and he doesn't have the best track record and yada yada. So yeah, I completely agree. I don't want him to have too much say. I don't want him to have too much ownership. I don't want this to be anything that, you know, really affects the decision-making of the organization or anything like that. I've seen, you know, plenty of people saying, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's not going to affect that much and all that. But then there's also stuff that says it might, I don't know. I, again, I don't really know that much about this stuff. Like this isn't really my, my well, dude, area. Of I mean, if you're a governor, you
1: get final say of the organization for that time. So if it comes down to, you know, who the general manager is going to be, or who the head coach is going to be, that dude gets final say at the end of the day. If you go back to, was it before they hired Bud? Yeah. Before they hired uh no horse, they were all, all differing opinions on who the general manager was going to be. And my understanding is that's how John Horse ended up with the job because they couldn't agree on the dude that ended up going back to Utah and all these other guys that were in the mix. They couldn't agree, so it's like, okay, we'll give it to John. But essentially, they gave it to John and Edith's, I think had a, had a, had a lot of say in everything that was going on during that whole time. And Fagan, along with John Horse, as they brought John Horse along or whatever. Now, obviously, Horse has been doing it for a while. I'm sure Horse has you know a plenty of say in all this now, but. My understanding is that's kind of how that whole thing played out. It wasn't like John Horse was target number one for Mark Lazarus at that point, Wesley Edens. It just kind of ended up that way because they couldn't all get on board. And that's something, again, that, that you're going to have to kind of deal with here going forward with a new piece. And maybe there's a relationship between Edens and Haslam or Facitelli. Maybe there's a relationship between those guys that we don't know about, right? Maybe they are all friends and they're all locked in. I have no idea. But if they're not and they don't really know each other, And this is going to be a whole new relationship, figuring each other out. That could make things rather interesting.
0: And it is, it is a little worrisome, given that, like, you know, Chris is going to need a new contract soon. Brooks is going to need a new contract soon. Like, there's, there are, there are things coming up that, like, you know, again, decisions are going to have to be made, and there's going to have to be some, like, these are big decisions. These aren't like these are franchise changing decisions. That I mean, again, I don't know how exactly this is going to change everything. I don't know. What's well, he's happen. got a lot of
1: money now. I mean, yeah. I would assume he's not coming in trying to shortchange this this roster and, oh, I don't want to pay the luxury tax. You would think he's coming in going, yeah, whatever. I just want to win championships. I want rings. I want to tell everybody in Cleveland that I'm a part of a championship organization in Milwaukee. And I'm going to win you a championship too here in Cleveland. You'll see. I mean, I'm guessing that's what he wants out of this deal. That would be my guess.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, hey, before we go, I got I to gotta talk about my Marquette Golden Eagles, though.
1: As you should, you're wearing your Marquette Golden Eagle sweatshirt. I heard none. This is like maybe the second game I've not seen or or heard any of the game all year. And normally i've I'm all over Marquette and the Badgers all year, but because I was in the car, I couldn't listen to both at the same time. So I went with the Bucks since we were doing this podcast right after the Bucks game. Uh, okay, so tell me what happened. They beat Butler and now they are the official sole owner of the Big East Conference title, correct?
0: Big East Champs baby. First ever, first ever Big East outright conference title. That is crazy. And I mean, we haven't been in the biggies that long, but yeah, we still, it's our first one and we're going to be probably like a three seed in the tournament. Yep. Um, I think, dude, th- this team, this team, they team must is, get out of the first round. They had, just win one game and then I'll be happy. No.
1: No, 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 no. If you're a three seed, you have hold to get on, out of the first on. weekend. Hold on. You hold are on, not coming on. into this thing as hold like on. a seven seed. They're no, no, no. talking to me about winning expect, a game. Expect no. Expect expectations stuff. change. You go in as a two or a three, you better get out of the first round. Period. My,
0: I, my expectations change once they win a tournament game because they haven't won, they haven't won one in 10 years. They've been like there. Mojo's multiple hold on. That doesn't they've count. Been there, they've been there multiple times. They were even a five seed the one year. They were really good. They almost won biggies. They almost won the biggies that year. And we were like, Okay, well, we should at least win one game. We got blown out in the first round by John Morant. Just give me one turn win, at least. At least I will gladly take more. Will I be like? Will I be partially upset if they lose second round to a six seed? Yes, but I will not be like devastated by it as long as they get out of the first round and their drought because they're gonna be right back next year and they're gonna yes. be just as good. And then next year, ideally, not ideally, but next year, to me, if they if they don't make a huge run this year, we as long as you win one game, get that drought, get the drought gone and then you have next year to be like okay this is the year we start to make a run but they can still do it this year i'm not saying they can't i'm just i will be i will be okay if they win one game and lose second round i will not be devastated by it it'll be a little bit disappointing but i'm gonna be like we got the drought over with okay let's keep going from here since you sidetracked us at the end
1: with marquette i want to sidetrack you with badgers badgers suck no no stop no, no, they, they, they could say tournament, for so to long, man. I've been they waiting could... for this so long. I was, yeah, but don't, don't, I was on the other now. side of this
0: for years. Listen to me, karma could get you because there's all the karma's coming back for me right now because I I took this for 10, not 10, but maybe like nine, eight years of us being crap. Nathan and the Badgers being amazing and making final fours and winning conference titles. Yeah, 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 yeah. And me just being here, this Marquette fan where my team sucks. This is the karma right now is me getting this right now. But hold on a second. Y'all haven't done anything in the tournament. If they sneak in, which they
1: might, if they sneak into the tournament and win a game and you all go home and lose your first game,
0: then it's going to be I, okay. Then I, I'm I'm going, I'm, I'll be off the face of the earth at that point. I'm going to be, I'm going to deactivate. I'm going to, you'll never hear from me again.
1: <laughs> but my point is this, that Michigan game. Okay. I tweeted this out. I, there, when you're a college basketball fan, and probably NBA, NFL, whatever. But college basketball specifically, there are certain guys that you just cannot stand. In college, Grayson Allen comes to mind for me specifically.
0: Brad right? Davidson. Brad Davidson.
1: Brad Davidson for you as a Marquette fan, right? As, a, as a any
0: any fan besides Badger fan, by the way. Hunter Dickinson
1: sure. by far is
0: top three for me. By yeah, far, he the dude
1: stopped on Tyler Wall, and they didn't blow the damn whistle. That was ridiculous. And then again. I know a lot of y'all like Greg Gard, and that's fine. But there is no reason Dickinson ever should have gotten that shot. Never should have got the ball to begin with, and then he hits that crazy three, and you go and you lose it. And I can't stand Hunter Dickinson.
0: That's all. Yeah. I just got to clear it off my chest. I can't stand that dude. I don't like him either. So I, I'm on the same page there. I wasn't even. I hate the Badgers more than anyone, and I wasn't even thrilled that he made that shot because I was like, he shouldn't have even been in the game. He's such a cocky dude, man. I can't stand that dude. Uh, Alright, that'll do it. Uh, Sparky Radio on Twitter. Nathan
1: Marzian on Twitter. I hope you all uh, like the Twitter spaces. If you like it, maybe we can do it again. I don't know how it works. Never been in one in my life. But Marzian, he does them all the time after games. I'm on so, this.
0: I'm on this right now. Look at there's a Yeah, I, I see this. I
1: see the screen.
0: So. I just don't understand is quick, the concept.
1: So I you just, can do a record here like we're doing for the podcast and you're essentially streaming it straight to Twitter spaces.
0: Yeah. Yeah. People are just, you just join on Twitter and then you just listen through Twitter essentially. it's nice. all live. So well,
1: good. Make sure to download too. We need downloads. So yeah, yeah I'm download recording. as well. Right. Uh, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple, Google podcasts. Again, we, we post them every Wednesday and Friday morning, record on Tuesdays uh, and Thursdays. Thanks so much. We'll record another one on Thursday night. And don't forget Twitter poll question every Thursday, at Nathan Marzion, and then we talk about it on the podcast Thursday night. So Marzion pressures on
0: because last week's was huge. I gotta come up with one. I still gotta post this, the the clutch stats from the last one. I forgot to All right.
1: Oh, Oh, you can post yeah. it now. Podcast has been up for several days. So you yeah, can go ahead and post it. It's Nathan Marzi on C Sparky Piper. This was a fun one. Have a good night, everybody. Or a good day, I guess, depending on when you're listening to it. Toodles.